In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Since the creation of Adam and Eve, there are always challenges to our faith, to our piety, how to live a godly life. And the challenges are different from one age to another. But all the challenges are using the same techniques that Satan used with Adam and Eve. With Adam and Eve, Satan actually cast doubt on the Word of God. He cast doubt on the sin and he cast doubt on God himself. On the word of God, he asked Eve, is it true that God told you, you cannot eat from all the trees? And God did not tell them this action. And he cast doubt about sin. When Eve told him, we cannot eat from the forbidden tree and we will die. Satan said, you shall not die. So he told them, sin will not hurt you. And it is not sin. And he cast doubt about God by saying, God knows if you eat from this tree, you will be like him. As if he is saying, God doesn't want your best interest. So he cast doubt on the word of God on God himself, on the sin. He distorted the word of God. He denied the word of God. And until now, Satan is using the same technique. And we are facing many, many challenges in our contemporary time, either as individuals or as family or even as a church. The first challenge is challenge to our faith. Challenges to our faith. Satan is casting doubt on our faith. And unfortunately, many people from within the church, not only from outside, but from within the church, they are casting doubt on the principles of our faith. Many people, for example, say the Bible, when it speaks about the economy of salvation, is infallible. But other than this, the Bible is fallible, can have mistakes. And we cannot accept this, because if the Bible has mistakes, then there is no inspiration, then the Word of God is not written by the Holy Spirit. But the Word of God, as testified by St. Paul and by St. Peter, every word is written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So how can we accept this new ideology? Sitting is casting doubt even through servants from the church. Casting doubt from outside, like on our faith again, like evolution, 
versus creation on how God actually saved us and how we are born from our parents whether we are born with the original sin or only with a corrupted nature and there are many debates and there are many theological discussions about the principles that actually we received from early church father and from the scripture itself for example the bible says in sin my mother has conceived me it's very clear and the interpretation of the early church father of this verse is very clear romans chapter 5 speaks very clear about how all have sinned in adam but now there are many challenges so challenges regarding faith from within the church from outside the church and also within the person himself so satan will tell you god said ask and you shall receive how many prayers you made regarding this issue and is what not is answered so do you still believe that the scripture is true of course satan is a liar and he makes us to believe a lie because the bible yes it says ask and you shall receive but also it's written in james chapter 5 you ask and you don't receive because you ask bad for your pleasure but the, the satan is a liar he makes us doubt our faith that's the first challenge and i can speak a lot about this the second challenge is a personal challenge for example when we go through trial or tribulation or difficult time satan uses this opportunity to cast doubt on the love of god do you think that god loves you if god loves you why he is allowing you to suffer why he is allowing you to go through this trial why you lost this loved person etc and many people start to believe satan and say yes god doesn't love me why i'm going through all this suffering although it is clear in the bible that the followers of god and the disciples of god and the children of god will suffer it's written in the scripture through many tribulations you will enter the kingdom of god but satan is a liar he hides some verses and makes us forget some verses and he uses a bad logic in order to cast doubt on our faith he will tell you do you think a loving father will allow his children to suffer like this there are challenges regarding our faith there are personal challenges number three there are challenges regarding life in general many atheists have questions about pain evil in the world suffering and they say why god allow evil 
why hurricanes happen and many people die? Why earthquake happens like tsunamis happen and many people die? And again, the answer is in the scripture because God actually respect our free will. And since we have a free will, we choose to do what's right or what's wrong, what's good or what's evil. And our evil hurt others. So others can suffer because the evil that the ungodly men chose to do. Like when Herod decided to kill all the children of Bethlehem. And because of the evil, since the fall of Adam and Eve, the earth was cursed and the earth became corrupted. And because of the corruption of the earth, that's why natural disasters happen. But in God's economy, in his second coming, this heaven and this earth will pass away. And there is a new heaven and a new earth without corruption. But again, Satan is a deceiver. He deceives us and makes us doubt the love of God and the economy of God. And this leads us to the fourth challenge. When Satan actually cast doubt about the existence of God, the incarnation, the salvation, he will put in our mind again using a corrupted logic. If God actually created all these people and only few will be saved, does this mean God is successful in his economy? And again, what Satan is hiding, it's actually our free will. God opens the door of salvation to every single person. Every single person. For example, if a church here opened the door to all the homeless and all the needy to come and have dinner. And then only few came and the rest rejected and declined the invitation. Can we blame the church here? Of course not. It is their choice. In the same way, God opened the door to every single person. Even those who came in the 11th hour, like the thief on the cross, the Lord accepted him. But if the people loved iniquity more than righteousness, how can we blame God for this? Also, Satan, there is another challenge like, like eternal life whether there is eternal life or not, whether there is hell or not, whether hell is a place or just a condition, as some people unfortunately nowadays, they teach that hell is just a condition. There is no place of suffering called hell. He will ask a question about what would happen to the non-believers. What will happen to the children who died without baptism? What would happen to the infants who died before delivery? And again, 
instead of respecting our limitation, and we say humbly, we don't know, because theology is done through revelation. Whatever God revealed to us, we know. But whatever God did not reveal to us, simply, we don't know. And not everything actually is revealed to us. Not everything. Can we respect our limitation and we say, we don't know? His judgment and his statutes are far above our understanding and our comprehension. But what we know, that God is a loving, merciful, kind God. And in the last day, these questions that we don't know the answer for it, what would happen with the children, with the infants, with all these embryos, we will be amazed and impressed how God in his justice and in his mercy was able actually to answer all these questions. Another challenge is biblical challenges. Many people right now try to find contradictions in the scripture. And they point out these contradictions as a proof that the Bible is not infallible. Although church fathers answered and gave response and explanation to every contradiction or what we perceive as contradiction. In reality, there is no contradiction. For example, if I ask it five person to describe the church, some people will describe maybe from this wall, another from the north wall, from the back, from the front, from ceiling. So when you read this five description, you will feel they are not matching. But in reality, they are very, very matching, but they are complementing one another. So there is no contradiction between what Matthew wrote and what Mark wrote and what Luke wrote, but we need to put them together. And one of the challenges also is the interpretation of the scripture. All the different denominations are using the same text, the same Bible. So if all of us are using the same Bible, why we have different understanding? It is the problem of interpretation, how we interpret the scripture. Then how do we know who is right? How we know which church has the truth? Because every church is claiming they have the truth, they have the right interpretation. And we know that before 451, all the churches are one, east and west, because 451 is the first division that happened in the church. If we are confused, for example, about whether Eucharist is a true body and true blood or not, Who's right? Maybe the Protestants are right or are wrong. It is just a symbol. So let us go before 451 and see in these four centuries and a half how the church believed in the Eucharist. If they believed in, in, in the Eucharist as true body and true blood, 
then the Orthodox Church is right. If they don't believe it is true body and true blood, it is just a symbol, then the Protestants are right. And thank God right now, all the writing of early church father are very accessible. Another challenge, the social and moral challenge. Now people try to say about the light, it is darkness. And about darkness is light. The moral challenges around us, we have never seen it in the last yeah, 10, 10 years ago. And it's getting worse every day. The sexual immorality and how they try to make it legitimate and how they try to teach our children and wash their brain that there is difference between gender and sex, that LGBTQ is a different lifestyle, that you can choose your gender. And they are imposing this on the children. Also, the corruption in the family, the definition of the family, what the family is, the legalization of the abortion and divorce. All these are actually challenges to the family. And they are using every single way to brainwash our children and the other two. Social media around us, news, internet, they are using all these tools to send the same message over and over. Sin will not kill you. You shall surely not die. The same message that Satan said to our mother Eve. She told him, God told us if you eat from this tree, you will die. Satan said, no, you shall not die. The Bible says homosexuality is sin. No, homosexuality is not sin. You shall not die. That's exactly what Satan is doing right now. Not only that, but the idea of one religion for the whole world. Now Satan is trying to dilute the differences between different religions under the name of love and acceptance. So all religions are okay. It's just a way, it's just a belief system. It will not hurt you. If you are Christian, if you are Jewish, if you are Muslim, if you are Buddhist, we need to accept everyone as a different way of salvation, if there is salvation. Some leaders in some churches are supporting this idea under the notion of love, how to make the whole world one religion one state, one economy. And another challenge is how to apply the commandment of God. Even those actually 
who know the truth sit and try to attack them with despair. The commandment of God is difficult. How can you live a holy life? It's impossible to live a godly life in an ungodly world. Is it possible to live life of holiness, life of purity? Is it possible to love your enemies, to forgive those who hurt you and abused you? Many times I say to people, I worry about you falling in despair more than I worry about you are falling in sin. Judas did not perish because of his sin. He perished because of his despair. He lost hope in the mercies and the forgiveness of God. We may ask why God actually allow all these challenges around us. Although God is not the reason behind these challenges. But as usual, God turns everything for our benefit. Again, God is not the reason behind these challenges. But he is using these challenges that started by Satan to our benefit. For example, now people study more and learn more in order to respond to the people who are casting doubt on our faith. Many people are interested right now in the field of apologetics. Apologetics, how you defend your faith. That's apologetics. As St. Peter said, you should be ready to answer all those who are asking you about the reason of hope in you. They say when they plant trees, they planted in the Coptic months of Amshir. Why? Amshir is a very windy month. So when they plant the tree during this month, and then the wind start to attack the tree, in order for the tree to survive, so extend the roots deeper and deeper. If the tree endured the wind, and the storm of Amshir, it can endure the wind of the rest of the year. So this wind, like the doubts of Satan, the challenges that are challenging our faith. So we, the children of God, now we are extending our roots deeper and deeper in Christ. In response to this, many people now are studying, learning more, in order to be able to defend our faith. Also, another benefit, we realize it, our limitation. Many times we feel that we know it all. But now when there are questions, and the answer to this question, I don't know, this actually makes us understand and acknowledge our limitation versus the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God that is unlimited, which make us glorify God more and submit to God more.
if there is a student in a class who thinks that he knows it all, the teacher may ask this student some difficult question that he doesn't know how to answer. Then the teacher will say to the student, then you don't know everything, just respect your limitation and sit down here to learn. Because in your arrogance, when you claim that you know everything, you will never learn. Respect your limitation and learn. In the same way, these challenges made us know and acknowledge our limitation and surrender more to God. Other challenges, like the moral challenges, made the family want to live a godly life to protect their children, bring their children more to the church, spend spiritual time with their children, pray with them, read the Bible with them, confirm them in their faith. So thank God actually, if Satan is challenging our principles and our morals to make our children more immoral, but the godly families responded differently. They became more and more deeper in their faith and in their spirituality. Nowadays, when I baptize a child, I say to the parents who are living in a very evil time, don't just rely on bringing your children on Sunday to the church. This is not enough. Because many parents believe if I bring my children on Sunday to the liturgy and they attend Sunday school, then we did our responsibility and we are expecting the children to be godly walking in the fear of God. And when the children reach like adolescence and they start to drift away, they said, what did we do wrong? I used to bring him every Sunday to the church. I used to bring him to Sunday school every week. What happened here? No, that's not enough. We need actually to spend more time with our children, praying, reading the scripture with them, modeling how we live a godly life, how we become true light to the world and true salt to the earth. Because if the salt lost its, its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If we lost our flavor as the children of God, how it shall it be seasoned? It cannot be used for anything. It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So these challenges actually made the people more and more alert and awake to their spiritual life and to their how can we deal with these challenges? Number one, actually, we should know the truth. I said several times, Satan is casting doubt on our faith. Satan, when he attacks us, he uses actually three techniques, and he uses them in successive way, consecutive way. Number one, 
He makes us believe a lie. That's why he is called the deceiver. Number two, he tempts us. Temptation. That's why he is called the tempter. And number three, accusation. That's why he is called the accuser. So these three titles, the deceiver, the tempter, the accuser, describe how he actually attacked the children of God. As a deceiver, he makes us believe a lie. For example, God doesn't want your best interest. God doesn't love you. Sin will not hurt you. You can flirt with sin and nothing will happen to you. He can make us believe a lie. Then after he makes us believe a lie, once we believed it, by the way, Satan started playing with our mind. Our mind is the first battlefield. That's where Satan puts his seeds in our mind, not in our heart. If you don't, in your mind, accept to break one of the law of God, you will never do it. But first, you accept it here in your mind. Then the second step, tempter, temptation. Temptation, he makes the sin accessible and pleasurable. Very accessible and pleasurable. And nowadays, actually, all sins related to sexual immorality are very, very accessible on our phones in, at, at the tips of our fingers, unfortunately. That's how Satan is tempting us. Ask anybody who is abusing drugs about the first drug that he used. He will tell you, I got it for free. He makes it accessible and pleasurable. Like how our mother saw the forbidden tree pleasurable to her eyes. And she ate and offered her husband. Then after we fall in sin, sin starts to accuse us before God and to place despair in our heart. There is no hope in you. You lost it. Do you think that God will accept you? And he start accusing us. That's why how to face the challenges will be the opposite of these three techniques that he is using. So what is the opposite of deception? He's deceiving us, is to know the truth. That's why the Lord told us, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Satan tried actually to deceive the Lord Jesus Christ and to tempt him. He told him, if you are the son of God, change the stone into bread and eat. But the Lord, because he knows that he is the giver of the law, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He lied to him and he told him, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world as if he has authority or he owns the kingdom of the world if you worship me. And the truth is you worship only the Lord your God. He lied to him and he told him it is written in the scripture in Psalm 90 
throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple and God will send angels and carry you. But again, the Lord told him, the truth is, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Let us know the truth. As St. Paul said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. Spend time every day reading the Bible, understanding it, memorizing it, living by it, apply it in your life. Because the truth will protect you from the deception of Satan. Then the second technique is temptation. Satan will tempt you. We have here actually two tools to protect us from temptation. The Lord told us, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. So the two tools here, watchfulness and prayer. When I am tempted and I feel that my will is weak, I'm about to break the law, the word of God. I need to pray and to ask God to help me and to give me grace. Believe me, try it. I am, I am telling you from personal experience, when there is temptation, if you call on God at this moment, God help me, don't leave me alone. And you renounce Satan in the name of Christ. I renounce you, Satan, in the name of Christ. Get behind me, Satan, in the name of Christ. The temptation and the power of temptation will be gone immediately. Immediately. And you need to be watchful. Because if you are sleepy, spiritually sleeping, Satan will come and plant the tears in our fields. But you need to be watchful, lest Satan ensnares us when we are not alert, when we are not watchful. Watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. We have a very powerful tool, which is a tool of prayer. We can actually cast demons out through the power of prayer. We can trample demon under our feet through the power of prayer. Watch and pray. And if he is accusing us, the third tool, be confident in the mercies of God and in his love. He did not come to call righteous, but he came for the sinners. He did not come for the whole, because the whole do not need physician, but the sick. Don't believe Satan when he tells you God doesn't love you, God will not accept you, God will not forgive you. He's a liar. Have hope and confidence in God. That's why he died on the cross for the sinners to accept us, purify us, cleanse us. Through knowing the truth, living the life of watchfulness, living the life of prayer, and have confidence and hope in the love of God and His forgiveness, then we can stand strong in front of all the challenges that are facing us. And we can bear witness to Christ 
and we can become light to the world. Even in the midst of the darkness, we can be sold to the earth and transform the world. One month ago, we celebrated the feast of Saint Verena. Why Saint Verena? Because she was from a different culture. She was from Upper Egypt, and now she is living in Switzerland. So different culture. She was able to convert the whole country to Christianity. She had influence on others. She was not influenced by the people around her, but she was able to influence and to change a whole country through her love for God. In the same way, are we influenced by the people around us, by the culture around us? Our principles, are they the principle of the world or the principle of God? Are we like Saint Verena, influencing the world around us, changing the world, transforming the world? That what the salt does, when you put salt on any food, it influences, it penetrates and changes the taste of the whole plate. In the same way, Christians should be like the salt. They transform the world, but they are not influenced or affected by the world around them. Yes, we are living in a difficult time, but Noah lived in a difficult time. But Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Him, his wife, his three children, and their wives. They were able to withstand all the evil in the world. And who are the children of Noah? We need to have the same strength that was in Noah, not to be affected by the world around us or by the challenges, but to continue to be light to the world and soul to the earth. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.